When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're all in take- Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hooking him up with you on a Monday, and what a Monday it is. Longhorns are headed to the college football playoff for the first time in the program history. After a dominant performance on Saturday, 49-21, they uh, emphatically finished their season 12-1. Quinn Ewers played his best game of his career in a big spot with uh, 450 yards passing. 452, as a matter of fact, four touchdowns. Had that one interception, but uh, other than that, he was dang near flawless. He won the Big 12. How about he got that belt, Rod? He got the WWE Big 12 Championship Mm -hmm. MVP belt. Nice. From The Undertaker. That was pretty cool. Hey, Ty, did we ever discover how badly uh, Brett Yormark mispronounced Steve Sarkeesian's name? Did you ever find that? Were you able to, to locate that somewhere? I haven't yet, I, but it was... I swear I heard him call him Garcia Keesian. Yeah, it was... <laughs> Gar- it wasn't, even, wasn't even close. I, I don't know if he said Garcia Keesian or Gar Keesian. Gar Keesian. Wow. It wasn't Sarkeesian. I know that. Wow. And he was getting booed mercilessly at the time. Oh, he deserved it. By the way, the, uh, the, the opinions mix, which they usually are on this show. That's why we love your opinion on the text line, 512-447-3776. Uh, Nelly was awful. Nelly was great. Ne- no one liked the national anthem. We can go ahead and say that. There is no, there is no mixed opinion on that one. <laughs> no mixed opinion. Yeah, I, 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 most of the people that I talked to said they, they didn't like Nelly, but I think they were just being, you got to remember how old Nelly is. And Nelly is, you know, he's not performing like he used to. He's not performing like, you know. Uh, annually, he's sitting at home most of the damn time, and they pulled him out like a retirement. I know he still tours, but these aren't big showcases. That's probably one of the biggest shows he's had in a long time. Yeah, well, there's hundred thousand people there. Yeah, exactly. Or ninety thousand. Yeah, Seventy thousand of long. Get those fans. audiences anymore. On our conversation on bullish or BS about the Texans, can they make the playoffs? As a Colts fan, it says here in Central Central, I'd love for the Week 18 matchup with the Texans to be for a playoff spot. That'd be both cool. teams in contention. By the way, do you see how the Colts won that game yesterday? I don't think Mike Vrabel's going to get fired, but the Titans had two block punts and missed an extra point. And they had block punts on back-to-back punts in the, in the second what? half with a lead. Hold up. They had block punts on back-to-back punts? Yes. In the NFL? In the NFL. They did that, like, motion from the gunner spot thing where they run down the line. Yeah, the cheat motion. Mm-hmm. One, score, one, they returned for a touchdown, the Colts. Wow. One set up a field goal. And then, when, then the Titans took the lead. Yeah. Or their kicker, Nick Folk, missed the kick. That's why it ended up in overtime. Yes. Well, who's the special teams coach? Because that person today. might get fired. He's going to get fired today. <laughs> special teams coach might be gone. He's going to get he fired. might be gone, buddy. And I'd also say this. You're not paying attention to the NFC. The, the Chiefs lost last night. They got beat by the Packers. Let me guess. Wide receivers didn't show up. They didn't. And uh, they're not. <laughs> but by the way, the point is that Miami and, uh, and Baltimore are 9-3. and three. Remember Ooh, the Miami. Oh, so they got a shot out that number one seed. Remember Miami plays Dallas in two weeks. How about that game? Oh, three weeks, three weeks. They got uh, Dallas has Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami in a row. That is a hell of a stretch. Right? Um, so Miami and Baltimore, 9-3. and three. Jacksonville's 8-3. and three. They play tonight against the Bengals. Uh, and they'll beat Joe, the Joe Burrow-less Bengals tonight. So they'll be 9-3. and three. 
Then there's an eight and four Chiefs team, and then there are five teams or four teams sitting at seven and five: Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Indianapolis, and Houston. And Houston's win over Denver was huge because both teams were six and five going into the game. So Houston's there, and yeah, that that Texter's point is right. They that that Week 18 game, Colts Houston in Indy, could be huge. Remember last year it was for the number one pick, and Houston won it. They won it. <laughs> hey, you know what? It worked right. out. All is good, baby. All is good. Yeah. yeah. So that's where the <laughs> NFC sits. Cowboys can claim first place in the NFC East if they can beat the Eagles this Sunday night. But more importantly, the Longhorns are in the CFP. Let's get to the top stories. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Start with the college football. Yeah, historic weekend for the Texas Longhorns. The official announcement yesterday morning that the Texas Longhorns are headed to the college football playoff for the first time in history. They dominated Oklahoma State 49-21. They're now going to be the three seed in the Final Four. Play two-seeded Washington at the Sugar Bowl on, on at 745 on the first day of 2024 in New Orleans. The other four the other teams in the field are Michigan at number one. Alabama's number four. They're going to meet in the Rose Bowl earlier in the day. The winners of each semifinal matchup will play a week later down in Houston at NRG Stadium. Despite their perfect 13-0 season and an ACC championship, Florida State became the first Power 5 team ever to have that resume and not get in. Uh, Seminole settle for fifth, and they're going to play Georgia in the Orange Bowl now. Uh, this is the Longhorns' first appearance we mentioned in the 14 playoff, and Steve Sarkeesian making it clear that they're not going to be just happy to be there. Maybe Texas a little bullish of me saying, but we'll play anybody in the country. Like I, I don't, I'm not shying away from that part. Like I feel very comfortable if we get in this, if we get into this tournament, um, we'll play anybody and we'll find out if we're good enough or not. But I, I feel like we have the team, the culture, the scheme and the versatility of this team to play against anybody. Texas and Washington played in the Alamo Bowl last December. Washington Washington won that game 27-20. Longhorns have opened as an early five-point favorite. Uh, by the way, Texas football coach Steve Sarkeesian did say yesterday that he's very confident both Xavier Worthy and Ryan Watts will be available for the game in a month, despite both leaving Saturday's game against Oklahoma State with injuries. Texas co-defensive coordinator Jeff Choate is going to be named the new head coach at Nevada today. Uh, the Wolfpack had a head coaching vacancy. Uh, Choate's going to get the gig according to multiple reports now. Choate had been the head coach of Montana State before coming to Texas to coach linebackers. Seven other teams in Texas are going bowling as well, including congratulations to Texas State. The Bobcats going to a bowl for the first time in the program's history. Seven and five this year for G.J. Kinney. They're going to face Rice, the Rice Owls, in the first responders bowl on December the 26th. Speaking of Texas State, their former head coach, Jake Spavital, will be introduced today as the new offensive coordinator for Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears. Spavital did a great job of improving Cal's offense in one year this past season. Also on the 40 acres this weekend, huge afternoon for the 11th-ranked Texas women. How about their win? They take down Mighty Yukon at 80 to 68. Roy Harmon, phenomenal, 27 points, 13 assists. They win. They beat UConn for the first time ever. They had been 0 and 10. And the Texas women's volleyball team advanced to the round of 16 in the NCAA tournament. They took down Texas A&M and SMU at Gregory Gym. They're going to now face 11th-ranked Tennessee this Thursday night at Stanford University. High school football schedule set for this week's state semifinal matchups. Westlake will face Galena Park North Shore in the 6A Division I semifinal Saturday afternoon in Pflugerville. That's the same field on which the Shafts beat Lake Travis this past Saturday, 21-14 in the regional final. Undefeated Wimberley will also play at the Field on uh, Friday night. They're going to face Belleville in the 4A Division II semis. Liberty Hill hits the road to Cypress to, fa to face Port Nat Natchez Groves in the 5A Division II semis on Friday night as well. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. 
The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And what are your thoughts about Jeff Choate? Because he actually was considered for a job last season, too. That was a job that had him as a, a candidate for it. But <clears throat> and now Texas you know, will have to find a new linebackers coach. But it does show you the program's in a really good place. At least uh, the health of the overall program is when you have coaches who are being coveted and who are being promoted um, to other spots at other places, whether it be Brandon Marion, who got the OC job at UNLV, and he's a hot name too yes, for some other is. jobs. Uh, you got obviously Stan Drayton traveling to Temple. That was good because he's head coach at Temple. I haven't checked on Temple, know how they're doing. Uh, but not very good. Not good. It's, it, it's a hard place to coach just because Matt Rule has success there. It's, it's a really hard place uh, to win games. Uh, and then now, of course, Jeff Choke. And so that's. That's pretty. That's a pretty good track record. Three years you're having uh, to. It's the good kind of turnover where you got to replace coaches who are being promoted, who are being coveted by the program. So yeah, another good. Sign. Oh, it is. I mean, there's so many signs of good health. I mean, even if they hadn't gotten in the playoff, which you know they are. Yeah. Um. The 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 the, the vital signs of the program uh, on on tilt healthy right now. No um. You know because by the way the portal opens today. There's now a report that Dylan Gabriel's in the portal from Oklahoma, which is not surprising. Uh, he may be following Jeff, Jeff Levy. Levy to Mississippi State because Jackson Arnold's the future of the quarterback at that position. It's true. I did see where Arch Manning is trending because there are those in and around Columbus who think Arch Manning's going to transfer to Ohio State no. because uh, their quarterback got into the portal today. Their quarterback who's going to supposed to quarterback them in the bowl game mm-hmm. coming up for the Buckeyes, uh, having lost to Michigan. So we'll see. I, 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 as I said over and over, I think Arch Manning is loving Texas. Did you see – how about the last play? Can you talk about a classy gesture for Steve Sarkeesian and vital signs? Love it. To have the awareness in that moment to put Jonathan Brooks in uniform mm-hmm. on the field. Right? He's got a knee injury. He's not playing. But it was the victory formation, final play of the game. Arch Manning snapped it. or They snapped it to Arch Manning. He took the knee mm-hmm. and then walked back and handed the ball to Jonathan Brooks as a sign of – you know, thanks. I mean, what he was for this team was so important to them being there, and that was not forgotten in that moment. That was really cool. Yeah, I think it just shows you how connected and how in tune Sark is with his culture. He yeah. knows, right? You know, one thing we observe as fans is the uh, the joy that uh, teams have when they celebrate each other, right? celebrate their teammates. That's one thing that's really genuine and authentic about this team, how they celebrate one another, celebrate those big moments. You see Devondre Sweat scores his touchdown, sideline goes crazy. I mean, they're like transported in that moment. Uh, you know, for, we, we're getting a chance to actually witness what happens in the locker room. I mean, that, how close the team is and them celebrating. Remember when uh, was it Jed Bush who scores his uh, touchdown against Tech? How how crazy and wild the uh, the sideline got, right? How how excited everybody was for him. Um, and Sarkman talked about how. You know, um, Burt Auburn was, you know, on the streak making, you know, making a lot of kicks and made a big kick. And A.D. Mitchell was the first one to go out there and celebrate. Just random. A.D. Mitchell, wide receiver, was like, hey, man, that's a great kick. The, there is, I think, another positive sign of this culture is that they celebrate one another. And I think Sark's gesture to Jonathan Brooks in that moment was it really was for him – I think it was a signal, kind of a symbol of the culture to all the players that even if you aren't necessarily a headline guy and you're not making the big plays on the field, 
we understand your contributions. We understand your commitment to this culture and this cause. And I think in that moment, he's wanted to show Jonathan Brooks that, hey, man, we understand what you, what well, you sacrificed for us. We understand we wouldn't be here without you. Yeah. And, we, 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 and I think he wanted his, him to have his, his flowers in this moment awesome. there. And I think that goes both yeah. ways. And he'll be a big part of the program hopefully next year yeah. when he gets healthy. But the fact that we, we played it last week, Rod, that uh, you know, they only dressed 70 in a road game, but they took everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody went. And everybody dressed. And Sark said, you know, they, they've earned it. Uh, yep. But also, he wanted that energy on the sidelines. He yes, wanted he that did. home energy at the, at the game. That's a great point, e. um, for, for everything great you just point. mentioned. And, you know, look, I mean, you talk about vital signs of a program. They're developing the five stars at a high level. Mm-hmm. They're developing Tavondre Sweat and guys like that into, which goes to your Jeff Choate point about, you know, who, you know Steve, Steve Sarkeesian doesn't develop players. It's the coaches, and it's the position coaches, and it's the staff, and it's the players working their tails off. But, you know, Jeff Choate's being looked at because the linebackers are developing like crazy, like Jalen Ford, and he's a, he's a natural leader, had been a head coach at Montana State. Yep. But they're developing the five stars. They're developing the three stars like Tavondre Sweat into five stars and high draft picks. And go back to senior night with Texas Tech. You had four walk-ons. Jet Bush scores a touchdown. Michael Taft blocks a punt. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are walking on yeah. and not just playing, but playing. Agreed. And ma- making so, plays. Making plays. Making plays. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, it's not just a, you know, it's not the burn orange Kool-Aid, but it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, at every level, they're recruiting, talent acquisition, portal. Think about this. Donnie Mitchell, what did Georgia need against Alabama on Saturday afternoon? A wide receiver. A.D. Mitchell. Because their kid McConkie was hurt. Brock Bowers wasn't 100%. And they couldn't move the ball against Alabama. They don't have – well, A.D. Mitchell's catching 100 yards of, you know, and touchdowns for Texas. Uh, he you know, he could, should have been on that team at a lot of levels, that but guy, he wanted to come here. That guy knows how to pick him, don't he? He's going to the college football playoff for the third straight year? Yeah. <laughs> he was with, two years with Georgia and now with Texas? Wow. Well, he can tell Texas what it's all about. It's yes, players in that locker room and, and share how it, how it works and what they can expect the next month or so. And, look, I mean, let's, let's line that up, and then we're going to go behind the BOC coming up. Longhorns now, Sark and his staff have to get really busy working the portal because yeah, they want to be active in the portal. Don't think about it. I mean, those guys won't be able to help this year's team, but they're looking at, um, you know, they're going to lose a lot off this defense. They're going to lose most yeah. of their pass catchers. Um, that you're looking at. They're going to the NFL like X-Man. Good to hear that X-Man's, you know, he turned his ankle late in that game. The Longhorn fans are asking, why is he still in there? But he was still in there um, to make a point, style points. You can't ask for style points and then take your starters you take out. Take your starters <laughs> out. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, <laughs> because Quinn out. Ewers and went stops. out with a, with a lost his wind at one and point. And style points did help. And they did. Yeah. Uh, emphatic. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, but so there's just so many levels that they're – so for the timeline, you're going to hit the portal. You got to keep. You got to re-recruit your own team, right? Keep guys. You know, you get. Sark's gonna have all these exit meetings, and talk to every player and connect with those guys on what they're thinking. If if it's best for them to get in the portal, they'll probably tell them it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're way down the depth chart, and Longhorns have another class of recruits coming in, and they're gonna hit the portal themselves, so that'll be heavy this next couple of weeks. It's also the college football awards shows next week. Rod, Tavondre Sweat. Uh, these guys are up for yeah. big awards. Uh, that Home Depot thing. Then then you know Jan- December twentieth which is two weeks from Wednesday, that is the early signing window in recruiting. So you got to finish up this recruiting class. Mm-hmm. And they're still trying to lock up some guys, and so you're busy there. And then, you know, I, the fact that they don't play all the way until January 1st, you can really do all that oh, and, then, and then really start focusing on the, George, the uh, Washington game, right? Because then you have two weeks from the 20th, get that thing in the hay in the barn, and then – you know, then now you've got you know two weeks, two and a half weeks to get ready for the showdown game. So that's gonna it's gonna be busy, but um, well, that's why you got the support staff. That's why you yeah. brought in your special assistants to the head coach. You know those are the guys you go. All right, guys, 
Let's go. I mean, let's pull out our Washington files because we've got Washington info from our game plan from the bowl game. Let's pull all that out, all right, and let's get the special assistants to go to work on the game plan while you do recruiting and transfer portal. And then by the time you come back, a lot of the game plan, at least some of the, the kind of the basics of it. And I know Sark's already diving into it. He can't help it. <laughs> uh, but some of the basics of it will be done for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's – and, and, but at the same time, you want to you wanna keep this – the, the one thing I would say, and maybe A.D. Mitchell could speak this, try to keep the daily routine as much normal as you can. Yes. So that's for the next couple of weeks, right? Show up, exit meetings. Got to keep that intensity. You don't want to lose that mojo. But I think the Longhorns – because I think just a couple of weeks ago, they weren't very optimistic they were going to get into the playoff because um, they were sitting at seven and Bama was sitting at eight. Think about that. Those two, both teams went up five spots. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that last week. How could that play out? How could you go up that far? No team – this is how, why, why yesterday was so controversial and historic and, and noteworthy. I mean, Texas, no team had ever gone from seven all the way into the Final Four. That had never happened. Certainly no team like Bama had gone from eight all the way into the Final Four. And it took everything that we talked about. Alabama had to beat Georgia which gave Georgia a loss, and then, that, as I argued all last week, that's going to knock Georgia out. They're going to yeah. be now behind Texas and Alabama, which is true. Uh, Michigan handled their business 26 to nothing. Um, you know, obviously Washington, as an underdog, pulled the upset, beat Oregon, and then a great game on Friday night. And then Louisville, excuse me, Florida State beat Louisville, but looked really ugly doing it. You know, 16 to 6, yep. 55 passing yards, down to their third quarterback and kind of running the wildcat, just trying to survive. All those things happened, so the committee was kind of caught, kind of caught in a spot where, okay, we have five worthy, really worthy conference champions, five. Mm-hmm. And we can only have four spots. Next year we wouldn't have this problem. I mean, you know, that was a, that was a for that committee, that third – I mean, Boo, Boo Corrigan is the, the AD at NC State. The ACC <laughs> is his conference. Yeah, yeah. And that, this cost them a lot of money not to, not to have a team in. Uh, so this was a really, really difficult decision, and it all fell in – the worst possible way for them, for the committee to have to, because you're going to, you know, if they screw Alabama, well, everybody's going to be arguing, well, Alabama just title. beat Georgia. Yeah, you can't keep the SEC team out. Yeah. Um, you know, your TV partners at ESPN aren't going to be real happy with you either. We know that. Fans are going to be like, I don't want to see Florida State play Michigan. They're yeah. going to be a 20-point favorite. It's going to be a – exactly. you got a dud in one of your semifinals. And that's the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I think the Rose Bowl committee going, what? Come on, man. And you're going and by the way, you want to give Jim Harbaugh an easier route? A guy who's been suspended twice already for different reasons this season and, and still dealing with allegations of a sign stealing scandal. You want to give him an easier road? Go right ahead. He would love that, by the way. <laughs> I don't think they want to do that either. There's a lot that was at play there and a lot of the reasons that we're working against Florida State. Well, Sorry, Florida State. Can I say one other uh, positive for Texas is uh, they're making the college football playoff. Don't let this be lost on you. And I know it's not for Longhorn fans. They're they're making the playoff while A and M is adding a new coach and scuffling. Well, that's why. I know. Oh, I know. I, I, I understand. But <laughs> it wasn't why. like Jimbo Fisher was going to miraculously turn that thing around. Uh, they had to make the move. But that's what I'm saying. They, they couldn't be stagnant because Texas no. is ascending. You can't be stagnant. Well, if I mean, Texas, if Texas, Texas wins the national title in Houston. You imagine the tidal wave that is going to overwhelm that program in recruiting and in just the, the competition of resources in the state? It's going to be unbelievable. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's it why is. they said we had to do something, guys. Have to. I have to. Stem the tide. And yeah. look, they had an 11-year head start on Texas into the SEC. And now Texas could be coming in in a championship scenario right. or – that's Ooh. worst case. And so if you're Sark – On you a 15-year high. You're coming in on a 15-year yeah. high. They thought Texas would be coming in on kind of a lull, and they were. 
prior to you know Sark's tenure here, they're not coming in on a low. They might be coming in to win the damn thing the first year. That might be the mindset for Texas going in, especially if Quinn comes back. It looks like he's coming back, but yeah. we don't know. He did have a, an epic all-time iconic performance. I think he is coming back. I think. Yeah, I, I think Quinn's he, coming back. I think he's coming back, but I'll admit, you know. You, he plays seeing, great in these next two games. Seeing him, yeah, exactly. If he plays to this level and seeing him against elite competition play that at that level, I will, I'll admit they might have to rethink it, but I think he's coming back even when they rethink things. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we will come back. It is uh, coming back. We'll go at the turn. How about Scotty Scheffler? Found his putter, and look out for the rest of the PGA Tour. We'll go at the turn. Also, Rod takes us behind the burn orange curtain. More talk on the Longhorns and uh, the performance against Oklahoma State. Let's not that, let that be lost because – uh, that was a that was a really really impressive forty nine twenty one win. A lot of talk about what's coming, but uh, don't forget what happened. We'll come back. Hook him up with Ian Robbie. Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. Well, we are at the turn, halfway through our five-hour conversation this morning. That means uh, we're nine holes in, nine holes to go if you're a golfer. And a little golf chatter, and then we're going behind the burnt orange curtain with Rod B. It's brought to you by Callahan's General Store, helping you keep your yard golf course condition year-round. And you can do that with all the seeds and fertilizers and expertise they have at Callahan's General Store. Get over and see them even into the winter. Time to winterize and uh, pre-emergence for the, for the weeds. If you hate those weeds in the spring, you put down the, the pre-emergent now, uh, and they won't germinate. So you won't have to pick them. Come spring, they won't come. Uh, that's what you've got to do now. That's the preparation ahead of time. And uh, not only does Callahan's have the uh, equipment you need and the stuff you need, but the experts to tell you how to do it right. If you're like me, like, I don't know, how much do I use? How often do I do it? Where do I put it? Uh, and they can walk you right through that. The people are what separate Callahan, still locally owned after 45 years. Congratulations to Scotty Scheffler. Remember, had a great year last year, Rod. Tita Green uh, really could have had a historically great year, but he couldn't putt. He couldn't make putts, and he changed his stroke. He worked on it. I mean, you talk about in football all the time, Rod. You don't fix problems in the, during the season. You fix do. problems in the off season mechanically, yep. right? If you're a quarterback or a pitcher in baseball, or yep. you you know you're just trying to get through the year. Um, in golf's the same way, and so pretty clear. Scotty Scheffler after the Ryder Cup took the break to go full deep on his you know deep down on his putting. And he putted great this weekend in the Bahamas. He wins the Hero World Challenge, 20 under par, all his rounds in the 60s, at a 68 to win it. And, uh, again, if he – he's I mean, literally this is not Homer Longhorn stuff. If he gets his putting into the top 50, like into the top 40, he could have a Tiger Woods kind of year, uh, one of those Jordan Spieth yeah. kind of years. He really could. Well, he could have last year. His putting is like Texas red zone offense. Yes. <laughs> it's like if Texas red zone offense, if they were just average to above average. Yes. They'd be the best team in, the, in college football this year. And actually, I don't even know if it'd be that close. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not. And putting is kind of like the red zone, right? You're right there. It's the red zone of golf. And he's bad in the red zone. Well, that's a great <laughs> parallel right there, without a doubt. And he, if he puts like he did this weekend in the Bahamas, look out. And like Texas did against Oklahoma State in the red zone? Yeah. Five five? There you go. Okay. It is a new stroke, too. There's no doubt. And uh, it looks smooth, uh, effortless. Because, look, he was a great putter at Texas. He was a great putter the year before. It just You know, you have bad years sometimes. So is sometimes. it mental? Is it a mental thing? Sometimes, yeah. Oh, uh, or, yeah. You, or And, again, you don't work on things. You're just trying to stay in your routine. And he went to work on it. He got a coach. He changed his grip with a couple of months off that he's had between the end of the Ryder Cup and now. And 
it showed a noticeable difference. And, you know, let's hope he can keep that momentum because obviously this begins it and then into January they go to Hawaii and then, you know, we'll be at the Masters come April. Uh, he's that good, man. Hit, seeing him hit long irons, I mean, that's his long irons. His shots between 170 and 190 are best on, best on the tour. I mean, yeah. he can shape it right to left. He can shape it left to right. Uh, so he can aim it, you know, hit it up the flags, whichever. Yeah. I mean, it's really good stuff. So if he putts, look out. The uh, Hero World Challenge goes to the lifetime Longhorn uh, by three strokes over Sepp Straka and Justin Thomas, four strokes. Tiger Woods, by the way, Rod, has said he wants to play. Uh, after he finished this roundup, uh, he said uh, on how often he's going to play next year, quote, once a month seems reasonable, gives me a couple of weeks to recover, a week to tune up, maybe I can get into a rhythm with something like that. Uh, that's what the plan was going into the next year. I don't see why that would change. So he wow. played the four rounds. He's got, he's got a he's rusty. He's got to get used to it, Yeah, being back out there. But uh, it is fair to say that, uh, which is, we're talking about creating a TV show for the four-team playoff, having Tiger Woods back at least once a month, Playing mm-hmm. events will be good oh, for golf. Yeah, that's a, he's a TV show in himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> you hear Tiger, you're like, I'm a, I'll tune in. Well, what is it? I don't care what the event is. Well, especially if he gets back in the mix with guys like Scotty Scheffler and Spieth mm-hmm. and Thomas. And, Some um, of the young bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, who still idolize him. And uh, so next time you'll see Tiger, by the way, is coming up uh, middle of, of this month, play with his son Charlie in that event in Orlando, that father-son oh, event. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah. Is it, is it golf pros with their father-sons? Are we talking yeah, about celebrity, all, celebrity father-sons? No, it's all golf pros okay, okay. with their sons, <clears throat> or their, cool. either their dads or their sons. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, some, so it's like Justin Thomas will play with his dad. That's kind of that's cool. John Daly and his son usually win it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Charlie's getting older. Charlie and Tiger, baby. Could be their year. Can we go behind? That's going to wrap up at the turn, and uh, let's hit it, Ty. You know how to do it. Let's do it. At the Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk Texas, Oklahoma State. Probably <clears throat> might be the last day we actually get into the Texas win over Oklahoma State. That's crazy. That's how uh, – really, that's how excited Longhorn fans are to be in the college football playoff. We'll probably start talking about Washington later on this week and breaking them down. I'm going to start watching film tonight on the Washington Huskies. But let's get back to Oklahoma State and how Texas pulled off the victory. And it was a statement of a victory by the Longhorns, uh, put an Old Testament, old biblical-style butt-whipping on Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy. Now, Quinn Ewers had his best game ever as a Longhorn. He might have had his best game ever as a football player. I asked my man Jerry Hamilton, can he remember a game for Quinn Ewers in high school that was as good as the game he had <clears throat> versus Oklahoma State? And he said he think he had a, a better statistical performance in high school, but it was in a loss and not in a win. So if he has, you know, a statistical, you know, breakout performance like he had versus Oklahoma State to win a championship and set records, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I guess Quinn will answer that question when the media talks to him and say this is Quinn's best game ever, period, as a football player. And one of the reasons, I think Sark did a great job game planning early on. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Quinn was 12-12 to start the game. Completed his first 12 passes. Yeah, shout out to my man Alex Lowe, who had the nice stats at spanning the lobe. Quinn Ewers is the first Texas QB since Cole McCoy in 2008 to complete his first 12 passes in the game. So the script was on the money. And one of the things I noticed was targets to motion. 
For those who don't know what targets to motion is, targets to motion is anytime their quarterback targets a player who was in motion at the time of the snap or in motion prior to the snap. Right? And then you target that player or any player that was in motion prior to the snap or at the time of the snap, and they call that targets to motion. It's one of the conceptual signatures of a Steve Sarkeesian offense. And you can tell when he's really excited about a game plan. Because you'll have a lot of targets to motion. How do I know this? Well, go look at the games where he's had a lot of targets to motion in the last two years. And then you'll see that's, that's usually Sark dialing up. That's when he's in his bag. One of, the, one of I think, the, the different uh, factors and one of the conceptual signatures that show you how dialed in Sark is or how excited he is or how deep in his bag he's going to be is targets to motion. I'll give you an example. Against Alabama, last season against Alabama in 2022, Texas had their most targets to motion of the season, nine targets to motion. And he was, and Quinn was eight of nine, or Texas was eight of nine, I should say, because there was an injury, eight of nine uh, in that game for average 10 yards per attempt when you were targeting a man who was in motion prior to snap or at the time of snap. Now, why does this matter for Quinn? Simple. As I told you before, Quinn is a first read, first window quarterback, right? Initial read, first window thrower. And that means if you can scheme it up for him, all right, to hit his first read and not have to go through progressions, the better he'll be. He'll be accurate. The timing, the ball placement, the, uh, the touch, all of it is almost it, – it, it, it's – immaculate like when he is one of the best in the country when he's throwing to his first initial read in that first window and Sark is one of the best play calls in all those college football at scheming open guys and we say scheme open you usually you're talking about scheming open the first read you're not scheming open things if you're going deep into the progressions you're talking about scheming a guy open that's your first read and you had a lot of those right that's what your screen passes are that's one read he knows exactly where he's going your double moves are that and your targets to motion are First read, initial read, first window throws. And in this game, I noticed that Quinn was 100% on first read throws. Like he was 100% completion percentage on first read throws. And you're talking about averaging close to 15 yards per attempt in that game versus Oklahoma State on those targets to motion. Right, those like I said, that first read because he's scheming that guy open. He's gonna bring him in a. We use a jet motion or a cheat motion, or he'll use an orbit return motion. There are like eighteen kind of different motions you could use, um, but he'll use a motion or a shift, and that motion or a shift is intentional, deliberate to either isolate a matchup or to use leverage to get a player open. And you can use motion to do a lot of things. Motion to indicate, use motion to get leverage. You can use motion to get to the perimeter. It can be used in a number of ways, and Sark uses them all. And that's one of his number one vital signs of his offense is the motion, the pre-snap motion shifts. You combine that with the, the targets to motion, and that's usually Sark deep, deep, deep in his bag. High rates of pre-snap motions and shifts and high rates of targets to motion. This game versus, uh, sorry, this year versus Bama, uh, Texas had 10 targets to motion. So your two highest rates of targets to motion so far this year, Bama, Oklahoma State. One's a championship game, 
One was the biggest game, arguably in Sark's tenure on the road uh, in Tuscaloosa, and they won that game. And part of it's because he was deep in his bag, right? Creatively, in, in terms of the innovation, uh, the play variety, we all know and we all assume he was probably working on that Bama game plan for months in the offseason. I'm not sure how long he was working on the Oklahoma State game plan, but it's pretty clear. Like I said, based on some of the conceptual signatures, he was deep, deep, deep in his bag. And targets to motion is something he doesn't get too giddy with, right? Uh, even Oklahoma game, you only had four targets to motion. You didn't have a ton in that game. There's a big game, but you didn't have as many in that game, all right? Uh, in the Rice game, you had two to start off the season, right? Two targets to motion, hardly any at all. Wyoming, you had three. The bigger the game, though, it seems the more targets to motion for Sark. Um, and it's, it's interesting to me that in that game, to get Quinn going, that was one of the concepts that he threw out there early and often, and it worked. Like I said, 100% completion percentage for Quinn. And if you're thinking that's just, oh, man, that was just something that's worked this season, it hasn't. It's worked ever since Sark has gotten here. In 2021, at targets to motion, you were at 81% completion percentage, uh, over eight yards per attempt. Um, in 2022, you were at 80.5% completion percentage, and – you were at 10 yards per attempt last season, too. Your explosive play rate, that means plays of at least pass plays of at least 15-plus yards, you were at 32% and 30% uh, the last two years. This year, you're around 24%. You're somewhere around 24% explosive play rate, but your first down rate when you're targeting motion, you're getting close to 50% first down rate on those targets to motion. So another conceptual shift to show you how giddy Sark was in his game versus Oklahoma State. And it's one of the reasons that Quinn was so efficient and so effective because those are initial read, first window throws when you target to motion. All you have to do is watch the uh, Eagles Niners yesterday and watch the uh, targets to motion to Debo Samuel. I mean, exactly. he's, he's all Santa, over the field. Exactly. Uh, and you it, go. you know, frees everything up, and Debo's mm -hmm. a monster. And, you know, you can use mm -hmm. Xavier Worthy in that role. Mm -hmm. um, JT Sanders, JT Sanders likes was in doing that role. it a lot. Yeah. Well, it was almost a perfect game plan. I mean, this is why Sark was so, you know, we played the cut earlier, bullish on his team. With a month to prepare for Washington, it'll be a great matchup with Kalen DeBoard, who's a great coach, too, and he's got a great quarterback. But listen, you go into this game, and it's pretty clear he guessed right that Oklahoma State was going to play the run first, right? Because they yeah. saw Texas running all over Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. And they came out passing. Uh, and, you know, Rod, so 36 receptions for 464 yards passing. Mm -hmm. That's 13 yards a catch. Yeah. So it's almost an explosive play every time you throw the ball. It's at least a first down. Oh, yeah. But you also had seven running backs, once you were able to establish the pass, combined to rush for 211 yards yeah. and, and five was, yards a carry. And that was to close the game. And we got to say Sark wants to open yep. up with the pass but close with the run. It's exactly what he did. But you're right about the okey-doke. We talked about it earlier. Going up against another three-high, three-down defense. We talked about why does Sark need to figure out three-high, three-down? Because that was the sixth team he had played uh, this season that ran the three-high, three-down. And his formula – to find an antidote for it is pretty simple. He presents power personnel packages, forcing the three high to commit to stopping the run, therefore abandoning their shell disguise. And when they do that, he knows exactly what the coverage indicators are. He knows exactly what the run fit indicators are. And then that's when he can just expose whatever coverage they're in. So Sarkis figured out his formula for the three high. Present power personnel packages and pivot to pass principles. First 24 plays. 
Um, I believe only eight of those were out of 11 personnel. The rest of them were out of power sets. 12, one back, two tight end, 21 personnel. And 21 personnel, they started out that game running 21 personnel. And it still tracks that that is probably your most explosive, efficient, and effective personnel grouping. But what it does versus a three high E is it forces them to have to commit to stopping the run. And then they have to uh, reveal and declare what their coverage is. And then Sark just ate them alive. And they have to try to match. Right, because one thing they they're outnumbered. They're out. They're basically outnumbered, and they have uh, the size and the numbers disadvantage in the box when Texas goes heavy and when they go power sets. So when they put linebackers on the field and safeties to match up with that, Texas just has a lot of matchup advantages with the skill talent they have. Oh, and that's exactly you, what he did. I mean, I watched two games like that this week. I watched the. Oklahoma State Cowboys with no helpless to stop Texas. And I watched the Philadelphia Eagles helpless to stop the 49ers. What do they have in common? Power sets. Great play caller and and just dynamic weapons. that yeah. You just can't cover them all. But they also throw out a power. Yeah. They throw out a 12 with Kittle and Juice Check. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and you put Debo in the backfield. Very similar. Throwing out a power. That's I'm telling you, it, it really is tough for defenses to try to stop that. I When I see power, when I see 12 and 21, I have to make my adjustment personnel-wise with my sub packages. And then now you're telling me when I put my linebacker on the field, now you're just isolating him so you can pass on him. Yeah, I mean, the, the six the straight conundrum. touchdown drives for the, for the Niners, Longhorns, you know, hang a number. It's, it's tough, and that's why you have to be confident and Sark's bullish because think about this. If you're a Texas fan, you're rooting for Bama to beat Michigan because you have a chance. You, you, you scouted Washington for a month last year. Mm-hmm. You played them in Alabama. You didn't beat them, but you yeah. know them very well. You know the personnel very well. You know what your game plan was and now what it can be. And you already know Alabama. Yes, you if do. Alabama wins, you can you know the game plan. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know the game plan. Now, Jalen Milrow's a better quarterback than he was back then, so your defense has some challenges that they didn't face potentially in that I'm game. I'm with but you, though. You got right. That's an advantage for you. When, when you're Sark and you're, you can be this prepared and you have a team that, you know, the, that, that Alabama game plan, bring it back. Let's you know go. personnel. Yeah. You know, I mean, Alabama's got to change what they did drastically. You actually don't. Yeah. <laughs> you did too drastically. I see. And you're going to play Michigan next year in September. So <laughs> – Keep those notes. <laughs> Keep those notes. Keep those notes. All right, we'll be back. Uh, hook them up with Ian Rodby. We roll on. It's off the record coming next. Stories you probably missed but need to hear because they're going to be talked about. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry. Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get to bring the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, man, I think we have it tied. You found uh, Brett Yormark uh, giving the championship trophy in the Big 12 to Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian and uh, kind of uh, I was listening live and uh, kind of butchered the name. I want to hear this again. Mm. I want to hear what he actually said. It was loud. Uh-oh. Fans were booing. Sark was trying to get people to, to calm down. Uh, you, know, you know, crowd was was lustily given in the business to Brett Yormark. <laughs> uh, can we hear this, Ty? Let's hear where, uh, where the trophy give me, give me presented. One, give me one second. Still, still trying to find it. The, oh, the texture that texted in wasn't exactly accurate. Well, it's on YouTube. It shouldn't take very long to find it. When he hands him the trophy and tries to say, Coach, Coach Garcia, Kizzy, Garcia Keezen. Garcia Keezen. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get What's it. That? What that was? Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> I. I missed. That. I said I. I saw it, but I didn't hear the uh, the post game festivities there. So uh, I wouldn't doubt it. He was nervous, especially everybody kept booing him mercilessly. 
um, in that. Okay, so let's get to this real quick, Bob. We got a little time. Um, Deion Sanders, bad news for Deion Sanders. Um, he's breaking up. Him and his woman, Tracy Edmonds, are breaking up after 12 years. Oh, man. Man, right? Bad, bad well, into like the Colorado. season. Colorado. And <laughs> maybe not, but uh, football legend Deion Sanders and his longtime fiance, TV producer Tracy Edmonds, are calling it quits after 12 years together. Edmonds broke the news. She and Prime were ending their relationship on Sunday night, explaining the split was mutual. There you go. All right. So Prime not having a good end to the season. Well, four and eight. And, but he is the SI Sports <laughs> Person of the Year. Uh, yeah, no doubt. That did come down last week, even though a lot of folks thought it should have been Patrick Mahomes or maybe uh, Lionel Messi. Uh, but Deion Sanders, uh, SI Sports Person of the I Year. Mean, we, we talked more about Colorado, who's, what, a four-win team now when it's all said and yeah. done? More than we talked about, uh, what, 80% of college football? So, yeah, mission accomplished, Deion. Good for you. Can we hear? And this is this because this is this is the championship presentation, the trophy rod. Let's hear how this sounded. Let's grade Brett Yormark's pronunciation of Steve Sarkeesian. It's an honor to give Coach Carcesian and the Texas Longhorns the Dr. Pepper Big Twelve Championship. Coach Carcesian. Wow. So maybe when 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 I when I'm displeased with something Sark has done instead of calling him uh, Coach Steven, maybe I'll just call him Coach Garcias Garcesian? Garcesian. Give me that one more time. Garcesian. I, I mean that was worse than I remembered it. <laughs> how do you get that so wrong? It's how hard is Sarkeesian? And I know we talk for five hours every day and say things wrong. Sometimes. Sark, no, you call him Sark, not Garce. Yeah, Coach Sark. <laughs> Sark. Garce, where's the G come from? It's not Coach Garcia. <laughs> Nothing wrong with you Garcias out there. We love you, but uh, give it that. Give it to me again, Brett Yormark. It's your big moment. You know everybody's Coach paying attention. Garcesians. 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 Wow. I mean. It's terrible. Was he just eating that Casa Garcia? Like, I have no idea how he could have mixed that up so badly. Garcesian? That's terrible. It's terrible. Well, let's say, you know, we used to play the old uh, NFL draft bloopers where they call – Samaj, Samaj AP Sam- Ryan, the Samaj wrong name. How do you not? Yeah. You're, you're about to go out there, get read, learn how to pronounce the pronounce the Why got one of those wrong at the yes, draft too? Yes, he did. Was it was Honor Landry? Honor Landry. I think he just couldn't see. Harold Landry. I think he, he said he he said later he didn't have his reader glasses. Yeah, I think he just couldn't see. He saw the agent was like uh, Honor Landry. <laughs> they froze up and forgot that it's Harold Landry. Oh, that's great. Uh, but yeah, I did I did not hear that. I'm surprised he did not get made more fun of because of that. They didn't mock him. As, as a result of that, Garcesian. Okay. I was supposed to ask uh, Sark about that. What, is Sark, does, what does Sark's face say to, on, on that, at that moment, Ty? Did we see his face at that moment? He was it's, smiling and, and clapping. and He was trying yeah. to calm the crowd down the whole time. It seemed like the players were kind of talking some trash to Yormark. You know, they were right in front of him. It, oh, they they, that's what it looked like to me. I yeah, well, I think he was a little bit rattled because the boos were probably more lusty than he imagined. And it was loud. It was like 70,000 Longhorn fans giving him the all the business. And he then, the, yeah, the players. He wanted the smoke. He should have, you know. Yeah. He should have no. been ready for that moment. How are you well, going to have a WWE, like, connection to the Big 12 and not know you're the heel here? You're the villain. you got to come in accepting that role as did. the villain. He did. He said, I, you know, uh, bring it on, whatever it needs to be. Uh, he, you know, he, he did it right. He just, he just said the coach's name wrong. 
which I think is the uh, they like that. Oh, you know the, what? Maybe he did no purpose as a as a last last shot at as a well, Garcesian. That, 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 that coach's team just earned every team in the conference eleven million dollars. So he's by, like, and so, making the college football playoff. So, so I guess he's laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> in his like, conference, thank you, Garcesian. They can be because if Oklahoma State had won that game, they might have felt better. But at the same time, they weren't going to make eleven million dollars a team because right. Oak State wasn't going anywhere. Thank you, Garcesian. Yeah, thank you, Garcesian. Uh, but did you see that Mike Gundy classic moment for him in the post game? We shaking hands with Sarkis. I hope you get it. Yeah. Hope you get it. That was, that was classy by well, him. Well, and he also, I heard you say earlier that he, he said they were better in person than they were on film. Well, well it's Gundy. He's got to take a shot. Well, I think he actually was telling the truth. Though. I think he was talking about specifically red zone offense. Think about it. That was the best red zone offense we had ever seen from Texas all season. Yeah, without a doubt. Five of five in the red zone. I think he was thinking. Yeah, even as good as they were against Tech, they were not great in the red zone. They were not great in the red zone. We saw Arch like fumble in the red zone. Like, they just weren't great in the red Which zone. I'll tell you, that was Gundy's game plan. Can we get into this game? Yeah. Force some field goals. And then we'll stay in it a little bit longer. I think when Texas started cashing in the red zone, five of five, he was like, oh, we got no shot. That was our only shot was that hold him to a field goal. Meanwhile, the yeah, defense man. held Ollie Gordon to 13 carries for 35 yards. Yeah, we got to talk more about that. I mean, but you know what? I guess we don't because we expected that. I would say I like to say we were shocked by it. No Longhorn is shocked how good the Texas rush defense is. It's a top it, five rush defense in the it, country. It, it deserves merit. And Tavondre Sweat catching a touchdown, that may win him the Outland Trophy. Just, uh, just to have a highlight like that. He's got a ton of highlights. But if have that one, yeah. Outland, he's one of the three finalists along with uh, the two offensive linemen, Cooper for, between he and Cooper, BB, just turn on the tape of K-State. No, he's going to win. <laughs> Come on, man. He's he didn't play that. against the Notre Dame left tackle, Alt, but yeah, he's going to win that award. Yeah, uh, I will say this too. Washington, they have an undersized center. He's an undersized. He's not, I don't even think he's 300 pounds. We'll he come back. That's not 300. Five hours a morning, we bring it strong. We'll uh, hit hour four coming up all the way to 11 o'clock. Also excited today that Patrick Davis's show moves four to six. Yeah. Sports Complex into that prime time. So excited for Patrick to uh, oh, and appreciate Patrick for his extra work with us on uh, pregame on Saturday. Also on the uh, Friday afternoon conversation with the Inside Texas guys out up in Dallas. That was awesome. And looking forward to Patrick today starting at four o'clock with the Sports Complex. We come back next here on Hook'em Up.